MLM Nation, episode 81. There isn't any luck. I mean, there's no one that has, is anointed or is blessed with you know, just automatic success. And you might see some here or there that will hit it faster, but it's not a matter of if you'll hit the success. It's just a matter of when. And everyone's on a different path for that. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up to bring a special guest today, Stephen Thompson. Stephen, are you ready to make it happen? Yes, Simon, I am. I'm excited to be with you today. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to have a chance to be with you and, uh, and also really appreciate everything you're doing for this entire industry by bringing, featuring great leaders who have wonderful ideas to share. So it's a, uh, really an honor to be with you today. Well, we definitely have an awesome, great leader today. Stephen Thompson has over 19 years of MLM experience and has earned over $13 million himself. He has built three highly successful organizations of over 250,000 distributors and generated hundreds of millions in sales. Stephen was recently voted as one of the top 40 mentors in the world in a global survey completed by over 100,000 participants. Not only has Stephen been a successful distributor, he's also served on the corporate side. And recently, Stephen launched his own MLM company that's focused in helping making a difference in the lives of millions of children. So, Stephen, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, you know, it's been a great journey for for myself and my wife, Angie. I've actually been in the business since Simon, since I was 21 years old. I was was going through college, putting myself through school, waiting tables in a restaurant, and uh, like oftentimes you see people do, uh, the table I was waiting on was giving a presentation uh, for a direct sales company, and I was interested. I mean, the idea of residual income to me just sounded appealing. I didn't really have a lot of preconceived notions. And so I kind of recruited my uh, sponsor, you might say. He's still a dear (laughs) friend of mine today. And uh, I got involved and I spent the better part of four and a half years uh, making uh, uh, very little to nothing, but I certainly got caught the bug. And and I I think I probably learned more of what not to do during that period. But, But if it weren't for that, you know, that really would have never, I mean, I had to have that experience to get prepared for what was to come next. I think too often, uh, in the business, you know, we want to jump in and we want to just have immediate success now. And sometimes that happens, but there's also a learning curve involved. And we certainly went through that learning curve, paid our dues, and and fortunately we stuck with it because uh, it's uh, it's created an amazing lifestyle for my family uh, going on the last uh, you know 15 years or so. So during those first four years, you said you had very little success. Uh, what were the problems you're facing, and what are the lessons that you learned? Oh, man. Uh, gosh, that's a, probably a long list. I mean, just a few things that come to mind. I think, number one, I wasn't, at that time in my life, in my early 20s, you know, I wasn't the most responsible person. Uh, so I think of, of inconsistency. I think oftentimes in this business, you know, we've, we've usually got jobs or we've got a business we run or we've got family to take care of kids and things like that. And, and the business has to try to, you know, try to fit into all that. And too often, what ends up getting pushed to the side is the business. And then we look at it and go, well, why am I not being successful? I mean, you can be part-time, full-time, meaning you can put in part-time as far as quantity of hours, but when you put those hours in and the consistency of those hours, you can treat it like a full-time business up front. And I didn't do that. Uh, and so as a result of that, you know, that was really, I think, the, uh, 
the number one challenge. I think my timing was a little off. The company was very, very large, very successful. I didn't understand much about timing at that point. And uh, so I just think it was a variety of factors. But, you know, the thing is, I stuck with it. I was persistent. Even though I might pause for a little bit, I never fully quit. And, uh, and it was as a result of that that I'd move forward. I'd learn, you know, have some success, maybe have a few challenges, come back, have some success, have a few challenges. I just kept going at it. If there's one thing I was, you know, doing without realizing and I was being persistent and, uh, and trying my best to see it through. And, uh, but I would say more than anything else at that point, it was really more me not being, uh, not being as, as consistent. I probably gave my sponsor a few gray hairs. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all about consistency, right? Without a doubt. Now, you have over 19 years of experience. What would you consider to be your toughest or worst moment or the most challenging time in network marketing? Where it was maybe so tough that most people would quit, but you hung in there. And because you hung in there, you learned a lot of valuable lessons. You know, I think there's two different, that's a great question. I think there's two different types of challenges that we experience in this business. The first most obvious challenge is before we're having any success, before we're making any money, we've got this idea, we're so fired up, we're so excited, and we go out there to share it with the world, and, and we realize that no, you know, not everybody else feels the same way. And so you kind of feel like you're a man or a woman on an island, you know, that like you're the only one that's got this idea, and you feel alone. And that can be a really uh, a challenging place. There's an old saying, this business can give you the highest highs, but also the lowest of lows. And I think that that is something that really is the proving ground that you have to be willing to push through. I don't know of any leader in this whole industry that hasn't had to push through those challenges before uh, they got to the success. We can't let the images of what we see with top leaders fool us. Many of those leaders have gone through you know, those deserts, if you will, or gone through the wasteland that you know, Bruce Wilkinson talks about in The Dream Giver. I think also, though, Simon, I had a whole different level of challenges once I started having success. You know, We always want it, and then once you have it, it's easy to fall into some of those traps. And I think that I found myself in some of that in my earlier years. And, uh, you know, things like believing in my own press and, you know, some of that, you know, that comes about, you know, when all of a sudden it takes off from underneath you and it's growing at every turn you look and there's more and more people, hundreds coming in every day and it's expanding like crazy. And that's where your leadership really gets tested. I'm a firm believer in what John Maxwell says when he says everything rises and falls on leadership. And it's so very true. And it was really at that point that I realized that I had to truly devote myself uh, to growing myself as a leader more than anything else. And that was a journey that I really committed to uh, a little over probably 10 years ago. And that's a journey that we're still on today. Hey, you know, uh, on a side note, God is a big part of my life. And I always talk about that book, The Dream Giver. And, but you're the first person that actually brought that up. I, I always recommend that book to other people, Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson. But it's so cool that you actually brought it up. Mm-hmm. I think, Simon, I think that book should be required reading uh, for any person Absolutely. who enters the direct sales. I mean, it's it's one that you ought to put some ketchup, mustard, salt, and pepper, and maybe even get a fork and a knife out. You know, it is that book has so much uh, just depth and so much to take from it. Uh, and it's in a parable, which makes it great because, you know, it's a book, Simon, I read that book to my children and uh, mm. at least once a year, and they love it. They, you know, the story part, and I share with them about how that can apply in their own life, because it really is true. It's a great story. If anybody hasn't seen that, again, Dream Giver, Bruce Wilkinson, you are absolutely right. Now, tell a story in your journey where you had like a major aha moment, and kind of like the light bulb went off, and right after that, you had massive success. <laughs> wow. You know, that's, that's uh, interesting. I, I can remember the first thing that comes to mind. I remember it was a Saturday afternoon. I was 
driving home, I had had an in-home event that was set for one of our uh, for one of our uh, distributors, and and I was, and there was only a few folks that had shown up, and it was kind of a bust. And I remember just being so frustrated. I called my my sponsor, and I said, "Hey, you know, this thing's not working." I was just I was one of those moments where I just kind of had to puke, if you will. And he listened for a few minutes patiently, and he finally stopped and he said, "Well, let me ask you a question." I said, "What's that?" He said, "What have you done about it?" You know, and and he challenged me. And at first, when he challenged me, I was like, I didn't like being challenged, right? But the more I stopped and I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? That's I mean, if we stop and we really think about it in this business, there isn't any luck. I mean, there's no one that has, is anointed or is blessed with you know just automatic success. And you might see some here or there that will hit it faster, but it's not a matter of if you'll hit the success. It's just a matter of when. And everyone's on a different path for that. And But where we usually have our challenges is when we start looking outward at what other folks aren't doing, whether it's our prospects that aren't saying yes, our downline that's not doing the business. I've often found that that most of the time our organizations are really reflections of us as leaders. And if we're not doing the business, we're not recruiting or we're not selling the product, well, our downline's probably not recruiting and not selling the product at the same time. And if we reverse that within ourselves, uh, that is usually, maybe not overnight, but you do that consistently. What begins to happen is your organization starts to take a, you know, they begin to reflect you as a leader. And if you're building, they'll build. If you're not building, they usually won't build either. But everybody wants to have somebody else go first as opposed to doing it themselves first and then letting others follow. Yeah, and, and that's why it goes back to what you said about John Maxwell. It's all about leadership. Everything Absolutely. counts. People follow what you do. Now, let's share another story. Take us to the time that you consider to be your proudest moment in network marketing. Proudest moment. You know, I think, well, I mean, I think that some of my proudest moments in the business probably come as a result of some of the most frustrating and challenging moments. And I can remember going back years ago, I had been in the business for, uh, for some time, and uh, and we had found ourselves. Uh, I'd been in the industry for probably a total of six years or so, and we had gotten involved in our second opportunity uh, in the industry. And for the first year and a half, I just I couldn't seem to break the same pattern that I'd been on uh, in my first journey, and I couldn't figure out why. And I'll never forget. It was the holidays. Uh, it was going back to now 2002, and we'd been involved for a year and a half, and we were barely making enough money to. I mean, I don't even know if we were making enough to even pay our bills. Angie had gone full-time, had left her teaching job, and I had shut down the small business that I had, and we were trying to survive. And I remember getting to that point and looking at what we were making and realizing that, you know, I, this is this is minimum wage and, and really getting frustrated and getting upset. But it was a result of that that I made the decision that for things to change, I had to change. And I decided coming into that new year that I was going to put an action plan down uh, whether I was going to have success or not, I had no idea. I mean, I had nobody in my group doing anything at that point. There was nothing happening, but I just made the decision. I'm going to put my head down and I'm not going to look up, you know, for a certain period of time. And, uh, and I, and I did, I honored the commitment. I decided to focus on my activity, not my results, quit worrying about what everybody else was doing or not doing and just do it myself. And I dove in and I got started and wouldn't you know it, Simon, I began to build a little momentum and, uh, and wouldn't you know it less than a year and a half later, uh, we were earning uh, consistently well over a hundred thousand dollars a month, and I remember when we received an award for that uh, the following summer. Uh, you know, literally right at a year and a half from that decision, uh, we received a reward at our national convention, and it was almost like all the emotion from that whole year and a half because I hadn't allowed myself to even look sideways. I had true blinders on. All the emotion hit me, and here I am standing in front of several thousand people and I'm, I'm crying. I mean, I couldn't control myself. And it was just all that emotion that had 
you know, really just built up. And it wasn't even, frankly, it wasn't even that year and a half. It was, it was all the way back, going back at that point in time, probably close to seven years or so in the industry of finally realizing that we had cracked the code, you know, that it was finally happening for us after all that time. You said that you buckled down and created an action plan to make that happen. What were some of the things in that action plan? Uh, I think that number one is was showing the plan. Um, too often, we want others to go show the plan for us, whatever our plan may happen to be. And I had kind of fallen into that trap. So in other words, what I would do is that I was, I was waiting on my, my team above me to show the plan for me, or uh, I was kind of letting my you know, organization, members of my team, or maybe my prospects determine whether or not I was going to have a full week of those presentations. Now, you know, today we have, we have webinars and things like that that are great. We didn't have as many of those back then, but the bottom line is, you know, getting face to face and, and old fashioned, you know, just getting belly to belly with somebody, looking them in the eye and sharing your vision. And I just made the decision that I was no longer going to allow other people to dictate that calendar. And Simon, I actually have in my desk drawer here, I still have that calendar from that year of 2003. I still keep that calendar as a reminder because I actually learned that it was possible for me to schedule my own appointments before I even had appointments scheduled, meaning that I could actually determine how often I was going to show the plan or do that thing. And then I could then go find the people to fill the calendar instead of waiting on people to come to me, I could actually put the calendar down, then go find the people. And would you know it? It actually worked. Wow, that is so cool. So, like, you basically because we control our destiny, right? So you just block off time and you make sure those blocks of time are all filled up. Instead of like most people, they're just hoping a meeting will happen to schedule it in. That's right. Or what happens too is you know being part time that we schedule our time for the business, but. Then when something comes up, if there's a you know something at work or something with the family, what's usually the first thing to go? The first thing to go is usually our direct sales business. Right. We have to reverse that. No, there, maybe there's something else that has to go. Maybe right. television has to go, or this activity has to go, or boating has to go, or golfing has to. I mean, you know, again, they all say that I'll do today what others won't, so I can live tomorrow like others don't. Yeah, and so once you because it's in the calendar, you can't cancel that meeting. That's right. Well, not especially if it's a commitment to yourself, right? Yep. If you've put that in there and you said, listen, uh, you know, I, I also determined this and bring that up it, is that I used to think that, you know, that I had no control over people canceling and I learned, no, I actually do have control. Now I can't stop someone ultimately from canceling, but just because they want to cancel doesn't mean I have to let them easily do so because I, I made a commitment to myself. Simon. So I would say, listen, if I have to show this presentation, let's just say one time today, if the person I've got that presentation for cancels, that really messes me up. I've got to move that presentation to another day. Well, when, if you're working full-time in a, in a traditional profession, you don't have as much time to work with. That can really mess up your schedule. And so I've really began to learn that, no, you're not going to cancel. I'm, we're keeping this appointment, right? Whether you get involved or not, doesn't matter. But I'm going to ask you to please honor this commitment because we agreed to it. And it really, it really is, you know, for me, it's very important that we keep this appointment. And, uh, and what I found oftentimes when I would do that is people would say, okay, we'll keep the appointment. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now, do you, did you ever have like a quota? Like every day I had to talk to a certain number of people? I actually, uh, yeah, this is a great question. I mean, when, early on in my career, I found the, I'm a goal-oriented person. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm, when I can focus on something to me, it, it, it's not difficult to do. Uh, I probably have ADD is probably what it comes down to. But when I do zone in on something, I, you know, I tend to uh, to do well with, with kind of zoning in on that goal. So, you know, talking with a certain number of people each day, 
setting a goal and kind of setting a target, you know, that I'm going to do X, you know, that to me has always been fairly simple. Uh, but where I think my business really took the, the leap was not only, yes, I'm going to speak to a certain number of people a day that are maybe prospects, but really getting into the number of really getting on the field and, and showing the plan. And that could mean product demos. It could mean business presentations. It could mean webinars. It could mean different things based on our own, you know, what individual business we might be involved in. But, but really getting committed to that action plan. And so for me, it was, uh, it was, I still remember the number. It was 15 presentations per week. Now, again, this is before webinars and things like that. So these were face-to-face small groups, maybe one-on-ones. But I actually, in my calendar, uh, I actually put in and drew out uh, a certain number of circles uh, in my calendar. And I would actually do that 30 days in advance, Simon. And so I had wow. nothing scheduled. And then I would just, I, I found that I would go fill those circles. And uh, myself and a good friend of mine named Holton Bug started that process back in 2003 uh, when, when neither one of us were doing too well. But uh, fortunately, we stuck with that process and it worked out okay. That's brilliant. Now, you have over 19 years of experience. Uh, regarding your vision for this profession, what excites you most about the network marketing profession now? What excites me most about this business is the way that I see the the model of direct sales and network marketing going mainstream. I think that that what the world is realizing is that we have a better way. We're simply taking creating a new method of distribution for nourishing children across the world, and we're able to do it where a traditional uh, you know public health organization or a charity like Feed the Children, which spends sixty five cents on on their dollar. Uh, marketing and advertising, we're able to do the same thing through relationship marketing for free. And then, of course, because we have relationships that are connected to people, we're able to do it and create loyalty uh, from those individuals that are involved. And so it just really, to me, is a is a, a business that is superior in so many ways because it really brings individual relationships into the equation. Uh, and it does. Uh, is so much power uh, whether it be, again, a product or a service, there's so many examples around that of companies that have taken a product that maybe you know were stagnant in the traditional retail space or the traditional method of distribution. You plug them into our model, and, and it's like anything else. You give it to people, and people just make magic happen. Do you find that the general public are more open to network marketing now than when you first started 19 years ago? I think so. Matter of fact, Simon, I think, honestly, you go to the typical restaurant in your, your local area – and I think it's probably safe to say seven out of ten people in that restaurant are either involved or have been involved in networking at some you know level. And that just maybe just a product user, or maybe they're involved in a party plan, or you know, or something along those lines. But yeah. yes, it's way more prevalent today uh, than it was you know when I first got started. For when I first got started, network marketing was a unique idea. The idea of network marketing is, is incredible, but it's so much more mainstream now, so much more accepted. You know, for example, here in Dallas, you know, Advocare has the uh, has the soccer team, or you know, Herbalife's got the team. I think out there in Salt Lake, and you know, there's so much uh, uh, just traditional exposure to what's happening that uh, that I think people are much more open to the idea uh, because it just makes sense with technology. You know, whether it's working from home and over a computer and and things like that, our lives are so much more mobile now that I think it uh, it just is a, is a natural fit. As we go towards the end of the show, some really quick questions to pick your brain. And the first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that's motivated you? Yeah, I use that one uh, that, I, that I mentioned a moment ago, and that is, uh, I had a mentor teaching this years ago, and, and that is, I'll do today what others won't 
so I can live tomorrow like others don't. That that saying to me in the early days, Simon, was worth gold. It's weight is worth its weight in gold because I wasn't making any money. I was I wasn't a leader. No one was calling me. I didn't have a team. You know, it's so difficult when you're trying to to move forward because you don't have any proof. It's easy when you're you know earning six figures a month. I mean, sure, there's proof. It's a paycheck every week, right? You know, coming in. But when you're first getting started, it really is about feeding that faith uh, within yourself and just seeing in your mind's eye, seeing the success. Uh, before it's uh, before it's there, and and if you can push through that, my message to everybody listening to this podcast: if you can push through that, it's not a matter of if; it's truly only a matter of when. What's one habit that's helped you become successful? Uh, I think just consistently doing my business. I we uh, over throughout the years have learned that um, I uh, have just gotten through, you know, just through doing it and, and getting the rewards from it of just putting the business in priority. And it doesn't have to be the number one priority. It shouldn't be the number one priority. It should be behind your faith and your family. But but really making the business a priority where so many people, they want great results, but they're not willing to make it a priority in their life. It's like me in the gym. I'd love to be about 20 pounds lighter, but I'm just not willing to make it a priority. <laughs> right? If I would, you know, there's no luck involved in getting in shape. It's just a matter of getting in the gym. This business is the same way. It's just a matter of, of really committing to that consistency. Aside from your favorite quote, what is the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice I ever received? Boy, that's a good one. You're throwing some good ones at me today. You know, I think back to, uh, to a, a dear friend of mine. He's been a mentor for now going on over a decade, and, and he's, uh, he's in his late 70s now, a very, very successful entrepreneur. And, uh, and he was uh, the type of individual that, I knew about the power of personal development, but he took it to a whole different level for me. And one of the things that, that he uh, that he really dr- just drilled home in me, and it's something I've kept, and that is really taking the principles in, in Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich and really truly not making those just words on a page, but actually making those words come alive, you know, within your own life with the exercises and the principles. That uh, that are inside that book. They have that book for me. I've probably I've, I've read it dozens of times and have multiple copies because they keep falling apart uh, because I you know you really just you know really use that book so much. But that is probably the number one thing that comes to mind. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a prospect that's interested and in, in your company or your products. Do you sit down with them? Use a flip chart? Do you use a company magazine or do you do a webinar or you send them a video link? What do you like? You know, my favorite, uh, my favorite tool is probably what I would refer to as a launch call, and others might refer to it as a webinar. But, but, and not just, we all do webinars, but I'm talking about a private, like one-on-one, for, when I say one-on-one, for one individual distributor. So in other words, if, if I'm in your team and you say, hey, Stephen, I want to get a private group that can come together that's just your people. And they don't have to come to your house. It doesn't have to, well, you know, you can use the, they can be at the office, they can be in different parts of the country, even different parts of the world for that matter. But we can put them together on a webinar or on a conference call or both. And we can really use that as an opportunity to make it intimate and to ask questions and answers and actually open up the lines of communication. Because I think so often we do conference calls and it's all the speaker talking at people, which is good. There's a time and a place for that too. But I find it's also very helpful when the, the listeners can have that interaction and that communication back and forth. So I would, that's my number one because we can literally – I mean I can do 10 or 15 right here from my desk, right here from Dallas at home, 
and touch people all over the world. Do you have any favorite apps or online resources like Dropbox or Evernote that you could recommend to our listeners? Yeah, you know, my favorite app that I use, and this is a little bit uh, coming from kind of the two hats that I wear um, in both the corporate side as well as, you know, running and, and working with the field is, is called Teamwork. And Teamwork is an excellent project management software. I use Dropbox a lot as well. Uh, but Teamwork allows, uh, for me, it allows, and this is a great op, you know, for a busy leader, uh, maybe if you have even multiple countries you're working with or multiple teams or whatnot, is, is a great project management software. You can set up different projects and have different teams focused, a great way to communicate with each other, a great way to keep emails in one place. You know, so often it's easy for us to lose emails because so many come in from time to time, right? And so it allows you to keep kind of everything in that one place where it lives right there and everyone can access the information and then take the information out as they need it versus trying to push the information out to everyone up front. Uh, what's one book, aside from the books you mentioned, any other books, uh, could be one book I could recommend to ML Nation? You know, uh, yeah, uh, without a doubt, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. As a Man Thinketh. Uh, that book is very small. It's not large. You could read it within one sitting, uh, but it's like, uh, as I had a, a mentor used to say, it's like a fine French meal. It's not fast food. Uh, that book is absolutely incredible. Uh, As a Man Thinketh, again, that's another one, a staple, uh, Developing the Leader Within You from John Maxwell, 21 Irrefutable Laws as well. Those are just a few staples that never uh, never leave, uh, they're never very far from me, that's for sure. And ML Nation, I know you love audio because you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing free audiobook at mlmnationbook.com. That is mlmnationbook.com. Now, Stephen, before I ask you the million-dollar question, I want you to just share a little bit about your latest project. I think it's really cool. Very, you're such a giver about helping. You know what you're working on to make a difference in the lives of millions of children. So, can you just share a little bit about that? What you're working on? Yeah, and I, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're we're pretty jazzed about this. You know, for for Angie and I, this business has been amazing to us. You know, we were able to create a six-figure monthly income many, many years ago, still in our 20s. And and it's given us just a lifestyle that has been not only financially abundant, but also from a time freedom perspective has been amazing. And and wellness, health and wellness to us is something that we have a deep passion for. And we've been fortunate to uh, to build great business and to have great friends and partners throughout the world that have given us uh, the ability to kind of choose where we'd want to take our time and, and, and put our directions. And and I, a few years ago, I learned about the issue of malnutrition, specifically childhood malnutrition. Uh, for me, I, you know, I knew about nutrition, of course. I mean, I've been in wellness for over a decade. I knew about malnutrition. Well, to, to come, uh, come to find out, I didn't know anything. Malnutrition affects 165 million children throughout the world. And when a child is under the age of five, the results of malnutrition can be devastating. Irreversible uh, physical and mental damage can come as a result of just not getting some of the most basic nutrition that we take for granted every day. And so Angie and I decided to really blend two worlds, the world of social entrepreneurship, which is business created to serve others, make social impact, and to actually infuse that with relationship marketing, with direct sales. And our whole goal is to bring the miracle of wellness to millions of children around the world who don't have an alternative and who need basic nutrition to protect their little bodies from any sort of damage from malnutrition during that critical time in their life. Awesome. And ML Nation, if you want to check that out, we'll definitely put that link to the website on the show notes page. Now, here's the, yeah, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? I'm ready. 
Before we go to the million-dollar question, ML Nation, I know you want to grow your business, and I know you want to earn more income. So that's why I want to share with you something that will instantly help your business and increase your income. You already know the importance of sponsoring. And if you can't sponsor, the fact is you simply won't earn any real income in network marketing. Sponsoring is so important. And that's why I'm inviting you to a free training that will change your business forever. I want you to check out my free sponsoring workshop webinar where you're going to learn how to invite more prospects, overcome the objections, and sponsor more distributors. You can register for this free training at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Again, that's sponsoringworkshop.com. If you like these podcasts, these podcasts for ML Nation and these trainings, you'll find this free webinar even more helpful. This is the training that helped me earn over a million dollars in MLM and giving me the residual income so I can be a stay-at-home dad my kids and also have the time to give back and produce these MLM Nation podcast episodes for you. This is the training, the skills that help me become successful in network marketing, and you're going to learn this at this free sponsoring workshop webinar. So some, here's some of the things you will learn and get. You're going to get the first step you must take before you even talk to your contact list. You're going to discover the three type of prospects and how you must talk to them differently. Because not all prospects are the same. They're different. You also get my proven cold market scripts that will help you convert strangers into prospects. These are the things that help me. I mean, I didn't sponsor 200 people in a year, but I sponsored over 80-something people in one year. How would your business grow if you sponsored 80 people in a year? You also learn how to get prospects to overcome the objections. So listen to your presentations. You know, an MLM objection, how to, you know, I don't have any money. So you're going to discover, you're going to learn all those things. And also, the best part is you get my famous six-figure close. So you can sign up prospects. And this is the same script, why it's a six-figure close. Because I used it to sign up one of my party friends. This guy was a party animal. And I used that six-figure close. And he joined. And now he's a diamond director and earns me a six-figure passive income just from one person. And so you'll get the same six-figure close on this free webinar. So anyway, enough of what you learned. What you really need to do now is register right now or write this website down. It's at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Okay, sponsoringworkshop.com. This free webinar is offered three different days. That's the cool part. This is three different days at four different times. So you can so that anyone around the world, because I know ML Nation, you guys are global, you can listen to it. And even better, if you don't have the patience, you want it immediately, there's an option. If you go to sponsoringworkshop.com, there's an option to watch it now immediately. So you can watch it right now and learn. So start learning the skills that help me build a million dollar ML business and go to sponsoringworkshop.com. So I look forward to seeing the training. So now you know about something that's going to help you. I have to share that with you. Let's go back to the show and to the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So you didn't know your family, didn't know any friends, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. So it's kind of like you're an alien, went to another planet, but they spoke English. What's the first thing you would do to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? Uh, instantly social media. Simon, we are so blessed nowadays in, in this time where social media to me is the perfect fit for our for our business because this business is not about cold market. You know, Simon, you remember back in the day there were uh, many lead companies and there and there's still some now. And there's some good lead companies, but back in the day the market was flooded with them. And you know, sign up, buy these leads, and you you know we'll email them for you. You don't have to do anything. This is a business about relationships. The beauty of what social media has done is it's brought those relationships to the internet. 
And so now you're able to leverage the power of the internet to connect with people from all over the world. I mean, if you wanted to open up a new country, for example, I've done that. We've been going into a new country, and I would literally focus a social media campaign only on connecting with people in that country, right? I mean, LinkedIn, you've, the average LinkedIn uh, uh, person is makes six figures, and, and it's a very high-quality base of individuals, millions of people that are on that one website alone, and there's many others, obviously, as well. So I think social media, if you're willing to invest the time, we actually teach a social media riches platform because I really believe in this to our team. It takes time. It can't, it's not just a matter of you can't advertise and expect everybody – it's like going fishing and expect the fish to jump in your boat. That doesn't happen. But if you're willing to invest the time, you can do now today on social media what would have taken you three to four times longer back in the day when I would have answered that question to just get out get out of your house and go talk to people is what I used to would have said. That still works. You can just reach so many people so much faster through social media today. As we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Listen, I, I think, well, I mean, first of all, connecting with me, uh, uh, we can connect. I mean, through, again, social media, you'll find me there through social media. My website is stephenthompsononline.com. Uh, we run a, a, a blog that we do. I don't do as much on there because I'm super busy with this project with Zelise, but uh, we can connect through social media. Check us out at zelise.com, Z-I-L-I-S.com, and love to connect with you there. But, you know, Simon, I just want to I want to talk for a moment about what you're doing because, to me, having mentorship is so critical and valuable uh, to becoming successful, really, in any business. And, guys, this podcast that Simon is putting together is free. It's available for you. All you have to do is plug in. Simon is bringing some of the greatest minds, many of, of which are dear friends of mine. He's bringing them to the podcast. And here's the great thing. Different types of mentoring. But one of the greatest mentors is someone you can mentor from afar. When you can listen and you can watch and you can pick up little subtleties here and there about ideas and the way things are done. And here's what you'll find. So many leaders Simon brings to these interviews, they say it differently, but they're all saying the same thing. There's consistency throughout. So I really love this podcast with what you're doing. I think this is awesome. I would encourage you to listen to this podcast instead of stereo or instead of a CD or, or instead of your, your iPod pumping in you know, latest music. Pump in some good information like this or maybe a Kiyosaki podcast or you know whatever. There's so much free material out there nowadays, Simon. It's like social media. You know, my library and your library that I've seen uh, there from where your home office is is extensive. You spent thousands of dollars on that library. I've done the same. You can get so much of that information nowadays free if not just for pennies. Uh, but it's just a matter of going out and getting the information. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Stephen Thompson. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Stephen at the search bar. That's S-T-E-V-E-N. And the show notes and all the links to what Stephen talked about, the nuggets of wisdom, will pop right up. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So Stephen, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again and God bless you. Thank you, Simon. Have a great day. ML Nation, what an awesome episode with Stephen Thompson. Go to mlnation.net and put in Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, and connect with him. You know, he's also working on a really cool project. He actually just touched a little bit about it, about helping uh, the malnourished children with 
you know, it's incredible how many millions of them are there out there, especially um, if you've malnutrition before the age of six, you can have lifetime negative impact. So definitely go check it out. The show notes, link, uh, show notes page and the link to his website and all that will be right there. A couple of main le- major lessons. You know, I love the fact that, you know, I'm a, so anal about time management, right? But, and Stephen talked about like managing the calendar, and most of us, he's so right on key. When we, life hits us in the way, we've got other things going on, what's the first thing that goes? You work less on your business. Okay, I've done that in the past. I know you're listening. You probably had that happen, right? Something personal comes up. Well, sometimes, even worse, a friend just wants to hang out, and you're supposed to build a business, but boom, you let that go. So he is so smart. He actually booked all those meetings in advance. And if he doesn't have a meeting, he puts the pressure on himself to go talk to more people to book it. So if a friend wants to hang out on Friday night, you can't because you have prospects out there who are scheduled in, right? And even if a prospect wants to cancel, he just makes the person very difficult to cancel. And I think I think one of the reasons why people cancel is because they're afraid you're going to sell them on something. And again, they never know. They can never make a good judgment until they see a presentation. And Stephen just makes it very difficult for people to cancel. And I think he used the magic words, I don't care if you buy or join, uh, but you have a commitment to this meeting. I'd like for you to you know, hold that commitment. And so otherwise it won't screw up my schedule. And I just think that is so, so good. And I think if everyone ever does that, just schedule your appointment times, schedule your prospecting times. And he did 15 presentations a week. I think that's a minimum. And that's part of my 553 program. You know, talk to five new people, five follow-ups, and three presentations a day. You can take Saturdays, Sundays off, but you do that for five days, you get your 15 presentations. All right, and this is even way before webinars where you can, you know, communicate to the masses. So it's the consistency blocking out time. Once you block out time, you make that commitment. And think about it. You, need, you wouldn't cancel on your, or cancel a meeting on your boss. You want to cancel a meeting with a client. So if you have a, something scheduled, like your prospecting time, that is your fortune-building time. That's your millionaire-making time. Why would you cancel on yourself? Right? Stick to your commitments and put it into calendar. And like my saying is, if it's not in the calendar, it's not happening. So make sure you do that. And there's just so many other nuggets out there. I mean, I'm just looking over the, um, you know, it's not if, but when, Right? Like every prospect, it's not about whether they're interested or not. It's just when they'll be interested. That's why you always have to follow up, follow up. And all the, you know, if you have issues with your business, Stephen just hit it right on point. Whether whatever challenges are, it normally is a reflection of you. And I know that happened to me in my business. Like, like about 10 years ago, I had a terrible, you know, um, retention. Most people were quitting. They weren't ordering products on a monthly basis. It was because I was very weak in product knowledge. You know, and I didn't care much about the products, and as a result, none of my downlines cared about it. And but once I started changing it, then everything else changed as well. So, great episode, Ammo Nation. Make sure you go to the show notes page again, in touch with Stephen, and also subscribe and rate and review on iTunes. Just go to iTunes. The reviews are really important. If you're on Stitcher, do that as well. And if you like this, you know, social entrepreneurship. That's what Stephen talked about. If you like it, the best thing you can do just by giving, sharing with others. Share this with others. Share this with your downlines, with your uplines, uh, cross lines, share this with prospects. And like Stephen said, this mentorship comes in many different ways. If ML Nation could be your mentor. You know, a lot of my mentors are people I just listen. There's many different types of mentors. One-on-one mentors you work closely with. There's some mentors you work once in a while with. And there's mentors that you may never meet. And these leaders, I see Stephen Thompson as a good mentor, right? I just learned the way, the way his attitude towards his calendar is brilliant, 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 really good stuff. So uh, make sure you get plugged in. 
And uh, so that's it. What a, I'm just fired up. It's just his whole project about helping out the malnutritious kids. It's just amazing. And that's why I love this profession that allows us to be better givers. and allows us to be, create a legacy in this world. It allows me to have a, fulfill my purpose, to have a positive impact on as many lives as possible. So I'm loud and proud to be in MLM, and so should you. And I think you are. And I thank you for listening. And remember, go out there, do what you need to do, schedule those meetings, and remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.